Hi, Carmina. Hi, Patch. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Jeepney Trip, a podcast where we explore everything fun, weird, and in-between about the Philippines. A word about our sponsor. Jeepney Trip is sponsored by Soulpack, a functional shoe accessory bag. Its patented design stores your shoes on the sides of your backpack and provides an ergonomic and hygienic means to carry your shoes. Now you can travel hands-free, have more space inside your backpack, and keep your dirty shoes away from everything. Be sure to also check out their string bags and backpacks for more options. Visit thesoulpack.com and enter Jeepney Trip 10 at checkout for a 10% discount. Now back to our show. Today's trip is a holiday trip, and it's when we talk about a specific holiday observance, festival, or celebration, and our own personal experiences with that particular holiday. In this episode, we will be talking about New Year's Eve in the Philippines, otherwise known as Bagong Taon. And this is kind of a part two to our Christmas episode since we consider New Year's part of that whole big, long Christmas celebration in the Philippines. That starts in September. That's right. I think we should start with our priority, which is food. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good point. We celebrate New Year's by having the medianoche. The term... Is a Spanish term that means midnight. And Patch, I was wondering if Medianoche was also celebrated in Spain. Because, you know, 95% of what we do originates in Spain. But it's not. In Spain, they call their New Year celebration Noche Vieja, meaning old night. There's not a lot that we share in terms of how they celebrate New Year's. If you think about it, a lot of it was actually of Chinese origins, right? That's right. I was surprised to find that out, too. We were trading with the Chinese for centuries, even before the Spaniards came. I guess it makes sense that some of their traditions stuck even after we were colonized by Spain. In terms of what those are, let's list what we serve during Medianoche. You have to eat. 12 grapes and take a bite of other round fruits as well. That is to invite prosperity for the year because it's a circle, it's infinite, which translates to infinite wealth. And so originally my question was, are there even 12 different kinds of round fruits that are available (laughs) in the Philippines? That's a good question. In December, especially, right? Because some of these fruits are seasonal. So Mm -hmm. I was reading on, and of course, there's different interpretations of 12 round fruits. And a lot of people choose to interpret it as 12 of the same round fruits. That would be the more practical approach, I think. So did you find a list of round fruits in the Philippines or no? I did. (laughs) Okay. I'm curious. What are they? I mean, (laughs) round-ish. Because not every fruit that we have is a perfect sphere. One of them is the dalanghita or the mandarin orange. Another one is the lansones. My favorite. I love lansones. Suha or the pomelo. Yes. That's making me pucker up right now. (laughs) 
I love it with salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really it. See, I can't name 12. Oh, well, I can add the rambutan. Oh, right. The rambutan. Right. The atis is round dish. Right. And the chico. Yes. And the santol. Right. And then there's caimito, a star apple. Mm-hmm. The coconut. <laughs> Wait, are we gonna go into a debate right now whether fruit or what are a nut? For our purposes in this episode, we're gonna say it's a fruit. Because <laughs> I was gonna say I've never seen it served in a fruit basket during New Year's. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to add, depending on which viewpoint you have, the pineapple. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the pineapple, because I read that in Chinese tradition, they consider the scales to look like gold coins. But yes, it's only in season from May to July. I guess if you find a pineapple in December, at the end of December, that's extra lucky. So I think that's why we really see fruits that are not native to the Philippines during that time. Then we see the apples, the oranges, and obviously the grapes. Moving on from the round fruits, mm-hmm. there are other foods that we love to serve on New Year's. One of them is lechon or the roasted pig. We don't serve chicken or fish because those meats represent lack of wealth. For example, the chicken, there's that saying, isang kai, isang toka. In English is, one scratch, one peck. It's associated with a lot of hardship and poverty, right? Right. And then the other thing that I saw too is not to serve lobsters. (laughs) Did you come across that? No, I did not. (laughs) Because lobsters walk sideways. (laughs) First of all, this might sound very idiotic but I was not even aware that lobsters walk at all I guess like the crab right they walk sideways oh okay okay I mean I don't know I've never really studied the gait of lobsters but (laughs) I guess you can lump crabs into that right anything that walks sideways so in contrast we like to serve the lechon or the roasted pig or I guess any pork dish because the pig represents prosperity. And since the nose points forward, it also symbolizes progress. We also serve long noodles and this symbolizes long life. We've adopted serving this dish not only during New Year's Eve but also during birthdays and other special holidays. Another item is sticky desserts because it symbolizes family unity. Some of the sticky desserts are the biko, the suman, the kalamay, and of course the Chinese favorite, which is the tikoy, which is a sticky glutinous rice cake that we often slice, coat in egg, and fry. Do you serve the tikoy in other ways outside of coating it egg and frying it? That's the only way I remember. 
every Filipino I know serves it that way. But if I speak to my Chinese friends, they don't serve tikoy that way. How do they do it? I don't know, actually. I don't know why it didn't occur to me to ask them. <laughs> Maybe I was just so dumbfounded that they don't serve it the way we do. But do they just eat it off the box? We'd have to explore that with our Chinese friends. Related to food, it also is a New Year's Eve tradition for us to fill our cupboards with lots of food items. And this ensures a lot of food and prosperity for the coming New Year. So aside from the food, there are activities that you should and shouldn't do. One of which is to pay your debts. So that you start the New Year with wealth. The other activity would be to clean our homes, right? Right, but not on New Year's Day itself. Because we want to attract harmony and order for the upcoming year, we're supposed to do it before. Another activity that we like to do is wear polka dots. Right. I just have so many childhood pictures of me wearing polka dots. The bigger, the better. And we should mention, obviously, the round dots symbolize good luck and it symbolizes wealth, coins, money. Speaking of coins, that would be the other tradition is to display coins. Oh, so your family is more civilized because you just displayed coins? (laughs) (laughs) No, is it more civilized or we don't have much of it, so we have to (laughs) only display it? I say that and you might understand when I tell you about a family tradition of ours. So Mm -hmm. I'm the eldest grandchild on my mother's side. And there are many, many cousins after me because my mother has 11 other siblings. Right. On New Year's Eve, it's very common for my grandmother to have a stash of coins. And a favorite is to rain coins (laughs) on us. And of course, the kids are going to scramble to get as many coins. Oh my gosh. It's your your family version of the Hunger Games. Exactly. Can you imagine? Not only does it hurt when it hits you, (laughs) but then you have to fight others for coins. I suspect you won a lot. Probably not because I was a skinny kid and my contemporaries were boys. Okay. But it developed my abilities, so to speak. (laughs) Okay, so the other tradition, which we didn't really do, so I don't know if you're familiar with this one, has something to do with the number 12. Yeah, not us either. But I guess 12 makes sense because it's for every month of the year. Right. So it symbolizes the 12 months of the year. And so families are supposed to display things in 12. So most people, well, they already have the 12 fruits. I don't know what else would they display in 12. (laughs) Maybe your grandma would display her kids because you did (laughs) say they have 12 kids. (laughs) That's a good one. Other than that... Filipinos would open doors and windows. And that's supposed to mean that you're allowing all of the good luck and prosperity to enter. Right. So this is a way to welcome positive energy into your home. So the other one is jumping as high as you can. 
Yes, that's the one I love to do. And I was reading a little bit about the origin of this. Some people say that we did that to get taller, right? Because the Filipinos are not blessed when it comes to the height department. Is it not the reason? Because now I feel betrayed. <laughs> well, how, no wonder I didn't grow tall. I was going to ask, how tall did you actually get? <laughs> wow. That hurts. And I even remember some adults doing it. I mean, at that point, it really is hopeless, right? But it's very common for the kids to do it. So another tradition during New Year's Eve is to make a lot of noise. Right. Everyone has to be as loud as possible. So banging on or hitting pots and pans, screaming, I guess. These loud noises are supposed to drive away evil spirits. This also includes fireworks, right? Right. So fireworks probably was originally brought to us by the Chinese, but the recorded history about fireworks in the Philippines is first depicted during the Spanish colonization. We said earlier, we thought Medianoche would have a lot of Spanish influences, but in fact, it had a lot of Chinese influences. And for me, this is surprising because I thought fireworks was because of the Chinese introduction, when in fact, it's the Spanish. Bokawe Bulacan is the center of the fireworks industry in the Philippines, and it's actually rooted in history. In 1867, there was a local Spanish friar that used this firework that we call cuitis. In English, it's a skyrocket. And guess what he used that for? What? He used it to wake up his parishioners during the Christmas season, apparently. (laughs) Why do I love that priest? (laughs) So this Spanish priest had been doing it, and one of his constituents, Valentin Santa Ana, approached him and asked him to teach him how to make it, which the Spanish friar did, thankfully. And Valentin innovated and made other types of fireworks based on this. So, Patch, what is the most memorable firework for you from our childhood? Just because of how fun the name is said, it's the Watusi. That's right. (laughs) Me too. The Watusi. (laughs) It's officially banned now. Why? A lot of kids mistake it for candy, so there were a lot of poisonings because of this it's really a shame that is really sad especially because that was our most popular kind of fireworks growing up right right and it's the only one that i could really handle because <laughs> the others are right. too scary for me so for people who don't know what it is it's this little red stick and all you really need to do is scratch it on, you know, a rough surface and it starts to crack and kind of bounces around until the whole stick is consumed. There's also a reason why it's called the Watusi. I never knew this patch. I don't know if you did, but it's based on a dance that's indigenous to southern Central Africa. Oh, Really? Yeah, so there's a tribe called the Tutsi tribe, and they're known for their dances. Since the Watusi firecracker, it does bounce around, and I do remember some of my um, 
meaner uncles. (laughs) We all have them. Used to light this up underneath our feet and we would, you know, kind of hop around to avoid it. And then the other thing that I found out is that the Watusi was a dance craze in the U.S. in the early 1960s. And I was looking at some videos of it. It kind of looks like the twist, but not really. People should YouTube it. I might do that. And I guess this could be considered a sign of ingenuity, but... There are a lot of unique fireworks, not just in name, but also in function, I guess, in the Philippines. And again, most of them are banned because they're very dangerous. So I was just curious what fireworks were still allowed. This was as of last year to bring in the new year 2021. The list of allowed fireworks sound very serene. For example, there's the butterfly, the fountain, luces, mm-hmm. mabuhay, Roman candle, sparklers, and whistle device. Sounds very mild. <laughs> and then there's a list of those that were banned. Surprisingly, the Watusi, mm-hmm. there's one called the Piccolo. That's actually the firework that's associated with the most injuries in the Philippines. And when I was reading about it, it can explode underwater or even on wet surfaces. Oh I mean, what possessed the people who invented these fireworks to go the next distance? Okay, other names that I see are Five Star... Pla Pla, Lolo Thunder, Giant Bawang. Mm-hmm. Or Giant Garlic, because it looks mm-hmm. like a garlic. Atomic Bomb. Mm-hmm. Hello, Columbia. <laughs> Why? Well, it apparently has to do with the Miss Universe contest. <laughs> Did you read about it? No. I mean... Miss Universe and fireworks. Hmm. So, do you remember that gaffe that Steve Harvey made when he announced by mistake that Miss Columbia was the winner, but it was actually (laughs) Miss Philippines? Yes. That's where that came from. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Have you heard of the Super Lolo? Yes, I've heard of the Super Lolo. Super Lolo in English means super grandfather. So the Super Lolo's origin is what we typically call the triangulo, which is basically just a firework that's shaped in a triangle. But the mm-hmm. Super Lolo, <laughs> super grandfather, just means that it's a bigger version of the triangulo. And then have you heard Patch of Goodbye Philippines? No. <laughs> so, again, with its origins being the triangulo. <laughs> the, the triangulo is the root of all evil. Exactly. It's a giant triangle firework that can shatter a wall. If you oh can imagine gosh. that. And then, of course, they don't stop there, right? There's Goodbye Earth. <laughs> And the big daddy of them all, Goodbye Universe, which apparently is as big as a fried chicken bucket. What? 
Oh yes. my gosh. And these are all banned now, right? They are. There's one more. I just couldn't help it. What? There's the boga. It's a Tagalog slang for gun, apparently. I never knew. It's an improvised cannon <laughs> made of PVC pipes. So you hold it like a rocket launcher. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Who is the poor child or person assigned to holding that pipe? I know, right? So it originated from the province of Cavite. And so it's this device that is made from that PVC pipe with a big diameter. Mm -hmm. And inside it, you have like sprinkling or spraying of alcohol. And when you ignite it, it creates a powerful blast because of all that enclosed space and flammable material. I mean, it sounds like it's going to make a spectacular noise, but it does sound like it should be banned. (laughs) Carmina, all this talk about New Year's Eve In 1844, New Year's Eve technically didn't happen in the Philippines. Why? Because the governor general at that time, named Narciso Claveria, declared that January 1, 1845 would come directly after December 30. So essentially, December 31 did not happen during that year in our history. Oh, now I remember that was because we were following the wrong calendar for 300 years. Yes, apparently. To kind of catch us up to the rest of the world, he had to do that, basically. So no New Year's Eve traditions that year then. (laughs) I know, that would have been sad, huh? So that was a lot of fun patch to reminisce about some of our childhood memories about New Year's and to learn a little bit more about some of the traditions that we've been celebrating. And to our listeners, we want to wish you a very happy New Year. Manigong bagong taon! So that's our episode. We hope you join us on our next trip. O Shasha! Ingat! Thanks for listening to Jeepney Trip with Carmina and Patch. Logo designed by Fred Agkawili. If you want to listen to more episodes, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts or wherever all fine podcasts are downloaded. We'd love to hear from you, so please rate and leave a review. Follow Jeepney Trip on Twitter and Instagram. If you have a question, email us at jeepneytrip at gmail.com.